This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul on a amazing Friday afternoon. It's a spring or early summer Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg. Fantastic, fantastic day. Baruch Hashem. It is once again Erev, Erev Shabbos and an amazing opportunity, Baruch Hashem, for us to reconnect as our radio family, which is just so fantastic to have you with us, to have you on on board, to be uh, listening to to our show as you go about your normal Friday routine, if that can be considered normal. I don't know, sometimes the things that seem to be most routine and most normal, sometimes we get surprised and they're not exactly uh, the way we plan them, the way we expect them to be, but that's all the Ratzon of Hashem and we kind of... Uh, uh, deal with it as as it uh, as it comes. Um, I want to talk a little bit today about uh, the the uh, parsha, but uh, perhaps connected to something that I think is really really uh, important for for uh, for us. Uh, Moshe Benu tells the the Jewish nation he's recounting and relating what uh, what happened. Uh, he goes through the whole story of the of the Egel and how Moshe Rabbeinu davened and 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 three times went up to to Harsina for forty days and and forty nights and at the end he says, "Vayomer Hashem, Hashem said to him, uh, 'Kum lechol go go and travel, valu shurus oritz, and go and inherit and inherit the the land.' And and the way Rashi learns that it, it seems to be quite a positive statement. Go, we're going to go, we're going to go to Eretz Yisrael at, uh, at all. And, and, uh, uh, the reality is that, you know, he's, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu is actually seemingly paraphrasing a, a posuk that appears in Pasha's Kisisa, where, uh, if you read a little bit further into that posuk, the, the posuk says, Lechen go lead the nation, to what I, where I've told you about. Uh, and then he named Malachi, I'm not, but I'm not gonna go with you. I'm sending instead my, my angel. I, I, I want to distance myself from you, says Akadosh Baruch a little bit. And, uh, he's, he's going to go, but, uh, uh, and the Pasuk ends with the dire one, with a Yom Pakti, and whenever it is that I'm going to be punishing the, the Jewish nation for, for, uh, any other sin that they might do through the millennia, throughout history, I'm going to add into that punishment the dimension of the, of punishment for the sin of the eagle. It's going to be something that you're going to have to deal with and, uh, and kind of put up with for the rest of, for the rest of Jewish, Jewish history, which doesn't sound like such a heartening piece of news. It doesn't sound like something you really want to, uh, be proud of. So it's difficult to understand what Rashi is talking about. Why, why does Moshe Benu sound so upbeat? When, when clearly the news that's being given over is not such a positive, a positive piece of piece of news. So, in order to kind of really understand it, uh, we need to learn together for a moment a little bit of of nach. Now I know that uh, it's not a done thing to study to study uh, uh, the scriptures to study uh, nach, um, but. Uh, one chapter of Malachim Beis, I think it's Perik, Perik Vav, where there are two incidents, one at the beginning and one at the end, <clears throat> and there's a tremendous 
Musar for us, I think, in, 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 in both of those stories. The story at the beginning of the chapter is we know that, uh, it's, it's, it's a story from the life and times of Elisha Hanavi, Elisha who was the heir apparent to the legacy of, of Eliyahu Hanavi. He took over and in fact in some way was given even more than, than Eliyahu ever had. So the Gemara tells us that, uh, uh Elisha had a, a 2RC, an aides de camp, a shamus, whatever you want to call him, whose name was, <clears throat> was Gehazi. And the Gemara says that, uh, as long as Gehazi was part of, uh, Elisha's sort of, uh, entourage, so Elisha, who had a yeshiva, of course, because he was, he was the god of Ador, he was the greatest Torah scholar at the time, so his yeshiva was very, very small. It never, never sort of really gained Popularity and the Gemara explains the reason was because uh, when Elisha was inside giving shear, Gehazi would sit outside, outside of, of the base medish, and when potential Tamidim would come along and want to uh, enter the base medish, so they saw Gehazi outside and said, "Well, if Gehazi is outside, it looks like really inappropriate that I should that I should go in." So they would go away. So. Uh, so the yeshiva remained remained uh, very very small. Then the incident happened where uh, Elisha banished Gehazi, and that was because of the whole incident with uh, Naaman, the the general of the army of Aram, which was surrounding, which was coming to war against the Jewish nation, who had uh, who had saras, and uh, came to Elisha eventually to be cured, and was was cured, and Elisha said, I'm not taking any payment for it, but then Gehazi went and and uh, took some things from, from Naaman, some, some gifts, and because of that he was banished from from Elisha's presence. Uh, and the Gemara says that from that time on, the the students were no longer deterred, there was no Gehazi, and they came flocking, flocking in droves <clears throat> to the point where uh, Elisha's uh, yeshiva building was no longer big enough, and they had to construct a, a new base of They had to construct a new a new place where they would be able to to sit and, and learn together. So they began construction, and the Navi relates that in the middle of the construction, what happened was that uh, uh, they were using axes to chop things, and the the iron, the barzel, the the head of the axe flew off. And disappeared into a, a river of, of water, and uh, they couldn't use it anymore. So they came running to Elisha and said, "Elisha, help us! Help us! I need the axe back. It's it's not mine. I borrowed the axe. What can you do to help us?" So the the, the pasuk says that Elisha took a a piece of of wood, and he threw it into the water, and the water, and and the wood uh, was submerged, and the the uh, iron X top uh, came up to the surface at the top of the river, and the one who was using it was able to retrieve retrieve his uh, his his X. Incident number one. Incident number two. The Navi relates that because of the fact that Aram, the king of Aram, and his armies were laying siege. To, to, to the Jews, to the, uh, the capital city there of the Malchus, 
Yisrael. So there was a terrible, terrible famine going on in in uh, in that city. You know, there, were, there was no, no food supplies were coming in or or at all, and 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 there was a terrible, terrible, dire dire situation. And the Navi uh, relates, we'll see in a moment just how dire it actually, it actually was. The Navi relates that, uh, the king of, of, uh, Marcos Yisrael, who at, who at that time was Yehoram, was the son of Achav Hamelech, uh, Yehoram was walking on the wall of the city, and a woman approached in, in anguish and, and, and crying and, and, uh, and uh you know that uh, really really seeming sort of down down and, and out and uh she she sees uh Yaharim on the wall and and she comes to him and uh and he says to him he says king come come and come and save me come and deliver me so Yahiram seems thought that she was coming to ask for for some food, for some alms, for for some uh, for some support. So he answers, "Al Hashem, Hashem's not going to, Hashem's not going to help you." Which is a very very strange uh, answer. It it then ensues. He turns back to her and ensues that that what she was coming to him was not to ask for some alms. She was coming to him as the ultimate adjudicator as the as the chief judge of the Jewish nation because she was faced with a a a, a terrible terrible quandary and and needed uh, needed the king's intervention what was the situation the 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 food situation had had gotten so terrible that the Jews were were forced to reach the level of that which is written in the terrible curses of having to eat of having to eat to their they had their children. And she relates to the king that she and a friend of hers made a pact, made an agreement. They each had a, had a child. And the agreement was that, as this woman related it, on the first day, they would eat her child. And then the following day, they would eat this other woman's child. So they ate her child on the one day. And then when it came the next day and it was time to eat the other one's child, she refused. She refused to hand over, hand over her, her child. Either she, uh, either she hid him away or, or, anyway, she didn't, she did, wasn't seemingly honoring her side of the, uh, of the, uh, of the, of the agreement. And this, uh, this woman whose, uh, son was dead and felt that she had been cheated was coming to, to uh Yairam for a kind of a, a dintaira to to uh what what could she do in uh in uh in, in those type of uh in those type of uh things. Um Yairam's response was he heard a story, he took off his royal garments and all the people saw that underneath his royal garments he was wearing sackcloth. He was wearing the, the clothing that one wears when one is desperate, uh, in need of, of God's assistance and, and, and in a situation of, of mourning. And Yehoram begins, begins to, to daven. And when the story gets back to Elisha that Yehoram was, was davening, Elisha himself then davens to Hashem 
and we know the rest of the story that uh, that night HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes the entire camp of Aram flee and the Jews take over the entire camp and the, the, the famine is over and food is once again abundantly available and quite, uh, quite cheaply and, uh, this, the disaster is, is, uh, is, uh, is, is, is averted. What, what is, what's happening here? What, 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 what's the lesson that, uh, that we learn? And so of course all these things we can never understand them on a simple, on a simple uh, a, a level, uh, I mean the uh, on, on this Gemara, the Ben Yishchaim Ben Yoyada brings a a Misa of one of the Talmidim who had a dream about another Talmud Chacham that he was in fact a Gilgal. That his uh, neshama was a a reincarnation of of Achav, the the king of of uh, of Yisrael, who was a uh, terrible, terrible uh, king and someone who served idols, and he was very, very, very distressed uh, about it, and came to to the Ben Yishchai. Ben Yishchai said, "Look, uh, obviously, the concept of Gilgulim is something that uh, we do believe in, but." Uh, if you're a Gilgal of someone's neshama, you're not necessarily a Gilgal of the whole neshama, uh, only perhaps a part of, of the neshama. And, and even if you, you know, even the part that you do have, you know, Achav and his son weren't, weren't totally, uh, 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 terrible. They did, uh, they did Davin. They did, uh, they did Tshuva at, at one point. And therefore, you know, your, your life, Bez Hashem, should be blessed and, and you will, you will, uh, you will live long and you'll, and you'll live, and you'll live well. So again, you can't, uh, understand things simply. The, 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 the Kotzka, the Kotzka says that, the Gemara says that, uh, that, uh, Menashe, the king of, uh, of, of also Marcus Israel, he put a, a Tzalem, he put, uh, a cross or some image in, in the, uh, inside, Behechal, inside the, the, the Beit Tamikdash, perhaps even in the Kodesh Kodeshim, and it's, and it's so difficult to understand. Well, how could he possibly have done something like, like that? So the Kotzka says, no, it doesn't necessarily mean literally that, but, uh, you know, and he says that uh, the concept of a Salem, which is, you know, a, a, a vertical and a horizontal uh, 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 piece of wood, he says, re- relates to a a a, uh, a pasuk, which says uh, it says Gova enayim v'roichav levav. He becomes haughty and and very very uh, uh, avaricious, and he says that. Uh, when Menashe finally was was moved to do to do uh, tshuva, and his tefillah was was accepted, and uh, his tefillah was accepted, and he was uh, he was saved, so he became haughty. He became a little bit arrogant. Look, look what I can do, and and that he says that is akin to Avodah That is like putting a a. Uh, this tzelem, this roichav einayim v'gavai einayim v'roichav levav says, you know, these things don't necessarily have to be taken literally. They have important, important meaning. So we need to understand this, uh, this situation, this situation at, at all. The, the yesoid seems to, to be that, uh, 
Yehoram, again, wasn't necessarily uh, uh, someone who served idols, serving idols. Um, in the greatest scheme of things, it's so, so illogical. But Yehoram was of the opinion that once God had made a decree against the Jewish nation, that was the end of the story, and it didn't help anymore to pray and daven to Hashem. And that's why he said to the woman initially, Al Yeshiach Hashem, Hashem's not going to help you. This is, this is too far gone. Already a, de- a decree has been uh, promulgated in Shemayim against Kleisov. We're going to have this, this, this situation. It doesn't help. It doesn't help to, uh, to, to daven and, uh, and only later when he, uh, when he realized that, uh, uh, it could change, and 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 then he took off his clothes and began to daven. Then then Alicia could react, and uh, and uh, because Alicia was of the opinion, and we'll see more about this in a moment, that you could, even if there was a gazera, a person has the ability always to daven and to uh, and to change and to change uh, to change things. The major says that uh, uh, when Akharis Baruch told Moshe Rabbeinu that he was not going to go into, into Eretz Israel. So the manager says that Moshe took it lightly. Those are the words of the manager. And he said to himself, well, so many times in the past, the Jews have done terrible, heinous sins. And each time I've been able to daven for, for them, uh, and, and save them. Surely I'll be able to daven and save myself also. So he didn't, he didn't, Get busy right away, and and start and start uh, and start davening. Uh, it, it says in meanwhile, Hakadosh Baruch Hu kafatz Hakadosh Baruch Hu jumped in, so to speak, and and made a shvua that Moshe Rabbeinu was not going to go into Eretz Yisrael. And then later on, Moshe Rabbeinu began to daven, and the Rebbeinu Shlomo closed up. All the gates of heaven and instructed all those who are instrument, all the, all those who are instrumental in bringing Tfilis to Akadish Baruch Hu to not accept Maisha Benu's, Maisha Benu's, uh, 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 So it seems very much on the Medrash that even though a decree had been, uh, pronounced against Maisha Benu, the reason his Tfilis wasn't answered was because he delayed in Daven. He didn't take it, so to speak, seriously, that he had a Daven right then. But had he Davened right then, in spite of the fact that there was a Gezeir, that there was this terrible decree that he couldn't go into to show, he would have been able, because Moshe Abbeinu, uh, 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 believed that even after a decree has been, uh, has been, uh, passed, you know, uh, could, uh, could, could could be saved, or he individually also could have been uh, could have been uh, could have been saved. The Medrash says that uh, that uh, when Yirmiyah accompanied the Jewish nation to to Bavel, so as they got to to the border, so they were going about to go on on, on the ship, and uh, and Nevizran uh, says to Yirmiyah, "Are you going to come with us?" So he says, no, I'm not, because I need to look after all the people that are still left in, uh, in, in Eretz Israel. And Hashem says, and, and, and Vizran says to him, okay, you want to stay, stay, but all the Klai Israel, uh, 
started crying, oh, how are we going to manage without Yirmiyahu coming with us? And Yirmiyahu says to them, well, if you had cried earlier, yeah, you might not be crying, you might not be crying. Now, we're going to carry on and bring this to a head in a moment, but first we're going to go to the shops. This is 11.9 High FM on the greatest radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. We are back here on your radio on Friday afternoon, just as usual at this point, to mention the uh, important details of this coming Shabbos. It is Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Ekev, the second of the seven weeks of uh, of, of uh, comfort. Uh, it is actually Shabbos Mavorchem. Uh, Rosh Chodesh will be Rosh Chodesh Elul will be next Shabbos and the following and the following Sunday. So as Chodesh Benching has already said uh, this this week, uh, the important times for this Shabbos, uh, candle lighting this afternoon is no later than 24 minutes past 5. 5.24 is the latest time for candle lighting. But of course you can do it Earlier you can do it from about, I think it's 4.32 is Plaga Mincha. You can certainly, uh, you know, have your Shabbos organized and get started early and, uh, enjoy a few extra minutes of the Shabbos, of the Shabbos bliss. And Shabbos Kodesh goes out tomorrow night at quarter past six. 6.15 is, uh, the termination of, uh, of Shabbos, uh, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, if you're keeping up with the Pirkei Avot routine. Tomorrow we'll be saying Perik Dalet, the fourth, the fourth chapter. So we're talking here about the fact that is the discussion going on about whether a person has the ability to to turn over even a decree once it has been once it has been uh, once it has been made. And this, in fact, I mean, is explicit in a another medrash. The Medrash says that in the time of of uh, Shushan, when Akadosh Baruch Hu has determined that uh, the Jews have to be destroyed because they got involved and they enjoyed the the meal of Achashverosh, whatever it was that they did, but they were deserving of destruction. So it says Eliyahu Navi comes uh, running to to the to the Avot, to Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and tells them, terrible things happened to their sons, get up and, and daven. So they say, what happened? So they said, no, they were involved in, uh, in, 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 in benefiting from, from the, from the meal of, of, uh, of Achashverosh, and, uh, and that's it. That's it, there's nothing, yeah, and, uh, and now they're gonna be destroyed. So the Avot said, no, I'm sorry, if there's already been a decree signed, there's nothing there's nothing we can we can do to help to help the the Jews. So he went to uh, Moshe Rabbeinu and said, "Raya Neman, you faithful shepherd of the Jewish nation, look what's happening." So Moshe Rabbeinu asked, "Oh, there's a decree. Tell me, has the decree? And this needs an explanation also. Has the decree been been signed with clay, with tit, or with or with blood?" So he tells, "No, it's only been signed with 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 clay." So Moshe Rabbeinu asked him, "Is there a great man in in the generation who can uh, who can daven for them?" He says, "Yes, there is someone called Mordechai." So Moshe Rabbeinu says, "Well, fine, let him daven down there. I'll daven down here, and uh, and we'll be able to to revert to revert the the the, the Gezerah. So we see again that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, 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 
you know, goes to bat for the Jewish nation, even when it seems to be too late, because no matter what has been, no matter what has been uh, decreed, we can always, we can always, uh, we can always change, change it if, uh, if, uh, if needs, if need be. There's a story uh, in in Sha'al Avicha. That's one more uh, uh After after World War One. So when the demar when the new borders were were demarcated, so it worked out that there was a certain village where the border right, ran right sort of by the edge of the of that town, and therefore the the uh, town itself was under one jurisdiction, and the the Beis Akvaris, the cemetery, which traditionally is out of town, was actually across the border and under the control of the uh, of the of the Russians. I think it was, and this became a huge problem because every single time they uh, had a halavaya, so they had to go to to the whatever home affairs ministry, whatever it was, and and get a a visa. To cross the border and and go to their to their to their cemetery and it became quite tedious. Sometimes meant uh, having to delay a, a a funeral by quite a quite a long time because the the, the uh, till they got the uh, till they got the the document stamped and they got that visa could take a while. So so they sent emissaries to the local governor and they asked could they not provide them with some kind of blanket visa that for funerals they should be able to to cross. To cross the, uh, the 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 border, and permission was granted, and such a document was was issued, and, and therefore they didn't have to battle anymore to to cross the border for funerals, which of course gave some Jewish entrepreneurs a wonderful idea. If they're letting us cross the border to do funerals, well, why can't we do how you say pseudo funerals and take some coffins and fill it with all kinds of interesting uh, merchandise and and smuggle it across to to the to our brethren in uh, you know in the next town under russian control who are suffering we could we could we can help them out so they began they began uh, filling coffins with all kinds of merchandise and uh, and they tried to yeah and they cross and they crossed the, the border and one day they had this coffin all full of merchandise and uh, they come across the border and they open the, the the commanding officer opens the gate and they go through and as they're kind of out the gate he suddenly changes his mind and shouts at them to come to come back and orders them to open open the coffin and of course they're Full of trepidation, full of fear. What's what's going to be now? And they open the and the coffin, and and they, they are discovered, and whatever penalties they had to pay. But they turned around to this officer and they said, "Yeah, we've been doing this so long. We've been passing funerals. Why did you why did you suddenly suspect us now and 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 come after us?" He says because uh, normally when you guys go out with funerals. So it's a very somber and and sad affair as as a funeral should be. You guys seemed far too happy and far too sort of uh you know, you were jovial and, and joking around and just didn't seem like the kind of funeral 
funeral uh, atmosphere, and therefore you guys are, are going to have to you know, have the have the book thrown at you. And of course, that evoked many tears and and begging, and and uh, and he said to them, kind of well. <laughs> If you had actually cried earlier, if you had cried when, uh, you know, at the funeral or at the so-called funeral, then you might not be crying. You might not be crying. Uh, you're crying now. And, and, and the lesson is really, I mean, this the idea, the whole, the whole concept here is that, is that this is a a a a, a ongoing argument we had between, and and that was really what what Yehoram, uh, uh felt. Was that that's it? One we, we can dive in until a certain point, but once the gezeira has has been passed, then it's impossible to to change to change that uh, that 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 decree. Moshe Rabbeinu, we see, had a different had a different attitude, and uh, felt that at any time. One could daven, and even after a decree has been passed, if the davening is passionate, if the davening is, is meaningful, it can it can change things around. We'll come back with a few calls and comments in a minute. This is one one point nine High FM. Don't or run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. One 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 point nine High FM. We are back with our closing segment of 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 the show, and just to sort of. Take take this whole concept and put it together. Kind of, it took longer than uh, than I thought it would, but uh, there, there, there is this whole idea. I mean, it, 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 it's 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 an all-encompassing kind of a kind of a concept. The Moranayim says that you know the famous Gemara we all learn about and talk about on on Tisha B'av about Kamsa and 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 Bar Kamsa. The story is well known. Where Kamsa, who felt aggrieved, uh, wanted to prove, wanted to get the Jews in, in trouble, and therefore he convinced the, uh, the Roman governor to send a, a carbon for the Jews to bring, and then made a blemish, a, a almost unnoticeable blemish in, in the, in the carbon, and, and sent it, and the debate began as to whether or not they could Bring the carbon, and the idea was, yeah, we could. It's 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 a danger to life. We know that if we upset this Roman governor, he could uh, do terrible things to to us. Um, he could do terrible things to us. So let's let's uh, let's bring the carbon. And there's this man, Zachariah ben Akulus, who says, no, we can't do it because then people will think that you're allowed to bring a carbon with a mum. So they propose, well, let's kill then. This Rakamson, uh, so that uh, so that he can't go back and 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 uh, and report. And Zachary Rankel says, "No, you can't do that because then people will think that someone who does bring a carbon with a a mum is liable to be put to death, which would give the wrong the wrong message." And and the more than comes and says that the Anvesunusai shall the modesty of of Zachary ben Avkulis is what destroyed. The, the Beis And all the commentators asked, why is that called modesty? On the contrary, he was strong. He refused to go along with what the rabbis say. That's, that's, that's strength. That's defiance. That's not, that's not, uh, modesty. Says the Ma'orinaim that Zachariah ben Avkulis knew ben He knew prophetically that the Beis was going to be destroyed. And therefore, he, he understood that, uh, there was no point in bringing the carbon. It wasn't going to appease the Roman government. They were still going to destroy the Beis Hamikdash. 
but he never shared that with the other the other Rabbanim. And uh, had he had he shared it, so then they would have damned, and who knows if if the whole thing couldn't have come out come out differently. But because he decided to keep the the information to himself and didn't want to share it with 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 the others, therefore that the Mara says that's how he explains it. It caused the Chorbni. Again, he lost out on the opportunity to 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 daven, which is really how the whole chapter in 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 Malachim. Uh, goes together because the first incident where the, the, uh, piece of the axe, the axe head falls into, into the water, explain the commentaries, what's really going on? What is barazel? What is this word iron? So, so the books say that, uh, barazel is an acronym for the four Jewish mothers. Bay is, is Bila, uh, Reish is Rachel, uh, Zion is Zilpa and Lamed is Leah, the four mothers, the four uh, 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 ones who are, are worried and, and concerned about about building and developing and, and holding together and keeping together the, the Jewish the Jewish nation. They fall into the water, which denotes you know a, a destruction, which denotes a loss. And they say, "Oi, what are we going to do? I, 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 I need it back. How are we, how are we going to? We, we can't risk him. What, what are we going to do?" They come to Elisha in desperation, and Elisha comes and says, and, and takes an eitz, takes a a piece of of wood, and and throws it and throws it in, and uh, there's a whole discussion that the eitz symbolizes Yosef, the gematria of eitz, which is uh, one. 60 is virtually the same. It's actually the same as Yosef, including the four, the four letters. Or if you actually take the word, uh, uh, Yosef and move on to the next letter, you get the word eights. Because this whole concept of, of Yosef and Mashiach ben Yosef coming and, and giving his life for the Jewish nation to bring about Melech HaMashiach. And the concept is and remains that no matter how desperate things are, no matter how many gezerot have been passed, no matter how bleak things look, it's never ever the end of the road. On the contrary, when we hit the wall, we think we can go no further, then the boomerang effect uh, kicks in and, and things start all over again. And whatever it is, the one thing that can always help is is tefillah, is prayer. And therefore, when Moshe Rabbeinu, even when he's recounting the fact that the Jews are going to be destroyed and they're going to die and the punishment for the eagle is going to be forever, we're going to Israel. It's a positive thing. We can always daven, we can always uh, entreat HaKadosh Baruch Hu and try to avert the, the, the gzerot that the Hashem has given us. And that's to be a strength for us because we all have issues in our life and we all have to know there's no, there's no you know, end of game. We can always daven, we can always work, we can always entreat HaKadosh Baruch Hu to try to help us and and uh, and save us. And that's what we need to take us into the Shabbos and into the coming into the coming weeks as we approach Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Elo. Our time is up, as it always seems to be. And I just want to take the opportunity, first of all, of thanking each and every one of you from being part of our family, from joining us on, on the show. And please send your comments. We'd love to hear from you what you like, what you don't like. 
uh, it's, it's wonderful to get such feedback and just to take the opportunity to wish each and every one of you a beautiful Shabbos of peace, of, of harmony, of togetherness, of Torah learning, of, of strengthening oneself and just to wish each and every one of you a good Shabbos.